about two months ago, um, I think God asked us for a big yes, where we couldn't control what was going on. I was preparing um, our message for uh, our Vision Sunday in November, where we kind of talk about where we're going to be giving our Christmas offering to and how it's going out. And as I was preparing for that, I was very nervous, um, just very nervous. And I had this sense of anxiousness. And also, I was so overwhelmingly excited at the same time. And one of my friends, Kyle, says, uh, he quotes his mom when he says, uh, you know, you're not nervous, you're excited. You just can't tell the difference. They feel the same sometimes to me. Am I nervous? Am I excited? I'm both, right? I feel responsibility, but I'm also very excited. And, you know, on Vision Sunday, it was the first chance that we had as a board and as elders to kind of talk about how over that whole year we had been praying about the vision of Crossbridge. Where are we going and how are we getting there? We unpacked and we started talking about this possibility of taking our first step in, in getting a building. Not necessarily for Sunday mornings because in order to do something like that, it would cost millions upon millions of dollars because that's how it, much it costs to build big space. But we, we began to say our first step into ministering to the community more intentionally is having a ministry center, having a place where we can, we can gather together, where we can have uh, worship nights that are happening there. Midweek, the CB youth can be there. We can uh, have our hub where our CB local reaches out into the community, wherever the community is. And it, it was just so much fun because we realized we are outgrowing some of the homes that we're in, that we meet in. And it, it was like, okay, there's something going on here. This is cool. I was nervous and I was excited. The next week we came back together and we had a meeting afterwards after a week of processing for everybody to say, okay, we have a building fund and this is where we want to go. And can I just tell you how grateful I am? So many of you stayed and you asked the best questions. You asked questions that matter, questions that we needed to think through, questions that were so important to us. And, and it was so great because some of it was around like, hey, if this isn't what Sunday morning in mind, are we looking to the future of a Sunday morning thing? Well, it's a first step in that direction. Some of it was uh, challenges to us. There's only like 20-something uh, parking spots. Is that going to be enough? We don't want you to dream too small. We affirm the direction, but not too small. If it's not Gibbstown, um, is, are we done with the deal? No, we know that God wants us to minister. So if it's not here where the building we're looking at is, then we're going to keep looking for a place to call home during the week. And so it was so amazing. I'll tell you what, you guys had us asking as elders and boards great questions of each other, whittling things down, gaining some more clarity on it. Um, even the question of like, okay, if our budget's already tight, how do you think we're going to raise a half a million dollars to do this well? It's a good question, isn't it? That's where it was put to us, can we give God our faith-filled yes to say we're going to step forward and trust that God will provide? And when we took a vote together as a church, it was a unanimous yes. We gave God a faith-filled yes to take steps forward. If it wasn't in Gibbstown, then it was going to be wherever it is, and we'll keep looking. Um, the excitement and the nervousness that I felt coming into that meeting kind of amplified after. <laughs> I felt even more nervous because I thought, oh, I've never done this. <laughs> oh, man, how much can I mess this one up? 
And at the same time, I felt so excited because I thought, we're doing this together. And God, we've all given you our yes, and there's amazing people here. What can you do through Crossbridge together? This isn't my responsibility, it's ours. We said yes. Oh man, what are you doing, God? What are you doing? I was pumped. That was Sunday. Three days later, it was a Wednesday night, and I, I got a call that night that I, I never expected, I never anticipated, I didn't plan, couldn't control, couldn't think about, or even process that night because I had no framework for it. Um, I, it was something completely new, and it had nothing to do with the building in Gibbstown. It was completely different. It, it was a call about the possibility of merging with another church. I mean, what do you, I don't even know where to put that. I don't have a box for that right now. It was a, a call about two churches becoming one church. What's funny is in the story of Abraham and Sarah, when God makes his promises, especially like, okay, this year, this time next year, Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a child. Oh, they laugh kind of at God. They're like, yeah, that's cute. Like, that's not going to happen. Mostly Sarah's laughing. She's like, mm-mm. When I got that call, I laughed the next two or three days thinking, God, I don't understand you. We just gave you our yes in a direction, and, and I feel great. I'm excited. This is what we're doing. And I just kept laughing as I prayed. I'm con even more confused now, God, and I'm more excited. We gave you our faithful yes, and we're going to reach our community. This is not how I, I anticipated or even thought about it. Now there's this no another opportunity that honestly could be even better for reaching more people for Jesus, but it is not the direction I anticipated. And so when I'm in a place of panic and confusion, I do what I do best. I call the elders and I need your help and rally the guys together to say, we need to pray. Let me tell you what's going on. Let me give you an idea. And I laid out everything. And we began to fast and we began to pray the same way we did when we were looking ahead at what is going on in Gibbstown or a ministry building, this direction, same thing. We began to read scripture over and over. Where is God leading us? What are we supposed to do in this? And there became a running document of a billion questions that we were throwing in there that we would have and have to work through and not understand. This turned into a couple weeks of us meeting with uh, their, ch their church elders. I met with their pastor so many times for coffee, getting to know him, wanting to know about their church, where they came, came from, what they do. Um, pastor Will and I got to take a tour of their property and their buildings and like, hey, this is where we are and what we do. What's really cool is the week in December that Pastor Will was preaching here, I got to go to church there. And I met this, it's a smaller church, but they were just as loving and welcoming as their pastor said they were. It's, it's kind of cool because when people come here to Crossbridge and even last night at worship night, someone had said to me, you know what, the people at Crossbridge are just like you said they are. They're so nice. Like they welcome, this is cool. I'm like, I know. Well, the church felt the same way. Near the end of the December, it was the week before Christmas and all through the house, 
Everyone's panicking, and the elders are trying to figure out how to get together with their elders. Could you imagine trying to pull two churches, groups of elders who have families together the week before Christmas? Like, that, that, that would take a miracle. It happened. It worked for everybody. We got together, and we just prayed together. We prayed together. And the time that we were together turned into what was supposed to be an hour, almost three hours. It flew by. The prayer time was great. The conversation was very sharpening. It was very transparent. And the one question that kept coming up over and over, and the real question that we needed to answer was simply this. Can we do more together than we could do separately? Could we do more together than we could do separately? And this is the question that we've been exploring. It's the question we've been praying over separately as churches and together. And we did that for the next two weeks again together. And when we gathered again in January, we were ready for another round of very deep diving questions and trying to discern, is this what God, God is doing? And I'll tell you that, that like, when I say we were trying to discern, and the reason we didn't really bring anything to the table to anyone is we were trying to figure out if there were major roadblocks that could stop this from happening because then we wouldn't really have to talk about it as a possibility because we would know God was being clear. Can I tell you today how grateful and how thankful I am and how proud I am of the elders of our church? These are men who are living out the values that you see when you walk in and you walk out, and it's that the greens as you're walking in and the whites as you're walking out. This is who we are. They lived this out. And what's so awesome to me is that their elders saw the values of Crossbridge, not in the conversations that I got to have with them, but in the way that our elders handled themselves with integrity and honor. Our elders were unashamedly biblical. That's one of our values here. They were able to navigate through the scriptures and in this sense through very sensitive theological topics in a beautiful way, weaving a heart that God has given us to, to say, we will not apologize for anything that's in here, but we're not gonna beat people with it. And they navigated these topics with grace, with humility. They were relationally transparent which almost always surprises people, right? Especially when you're ready to admit that you don't have the answers to a question, that you aren't sure what you would do in a certain situation because you've never been in that place. They walked into these meetings, Holy Spirit empowered, using the spiritual gifts that God has given them to listen, to discern, and to lead well. They were intentionally relevant, seeing that our churches are in two different places they saw that for what it was, and they weren't afraid to say, this is the real deal. How do we want to talk about some of these things? The real issues in front of us, we need to put on the table. They weren't scared of that. It was relevant. They were family-focused, not looking at this as a transaction and something that like, okay, ones and zeros. Yes, those things are crucially important, but how will the families of either of our churches handle something like this? This is not just a deal. This is families coming together, and, and that, that's, that's a lot to manage. And we can't give that up and just say, oh, it's more important, the buildings. Note the buildings have nothing to do. It's the families that are gonna matter. And our elders were on mission. They never wavered at all from the goal that was placed on our hearts to reach people for Jesus and to help them take one step forward in their faith. Everything was about reaching people for Jesus and helping them take a step towards Jesus. It's about reaching and discipleship. They never stopped thinking about the mission. And when we left that second meeting with them, we felt more comfortable than any of us expected to be. 
I was nervous and excited again. Lord, what are you doing? So we brought the board and the staff in on the conversations that we were having. We knew that if we wanted to take steps down this road, it was, it was God kind of putting something in front of us saying, you gave me your yes, and you're ready to run. And we had a, a building in Gibbstown that we we're looking at, and it's like, okay, Lord, we have a plan here. We know what we want to do to reach people. And then this came out of nowhere, and we were stuck in a place going, Lord, what is it that you want from us in this moment? And what I love is that God didn't say to us, you know, get rid of Gibbstown, and it doesn't matter. I just use that as a, no, 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 no. It was, you gave me your yes. I'm asking you to put that on hold for a second. This is not no. But this is the direction I want you to pursue right now. And that's what we've been trying to discern for two months. Not no, but which way? Because nothing's done, nothing's sealed, nothing is complete. And if all of a sudden this is to shape us and who we are as a church and who they are and how we talk and deal with our identity as a, as a church, and it doesn't work the way that we think or whatever, it, guess what? God's so good. We still know where we're going, and it's about reaching people. It's about discipling people. It's headed in a direction now that we felt like it was really important to update you as our family at Crossbridge to bring everyone on board here. I have intentionally not mentioned the name of the church, and that's because if I were in your seat, I would have my phone ready to start Googling everything, and you would have missed the story of how we got here. Is that a fair assessment? Fair judgment. <laughs> um, the church that we're in conversations with is a church called Southwood Community or Southwood Baptist Church in West Deptford, um, just a little bit north of here. They've been ministering, and if you're jumping on your phones right now, don't. Just give me a sec. <laughs> okay, I promise I'll give you all the details, uh, especially after our, our time today. They've been ministering in the same area for over 65 years. They've made a huge impact on the kingdom of God in that area. Uh, over the last 20 years or so, though, um, the church has slowly declined. The people that are there continue to be so faithful to the call that God has on them. They continue to love each other deeply. Their desire is to love the community, but the truth is um, they're at a place as a church where they see the flame that God has for them as a church, like the lampstands in, in Revelation, those flames that we have. It's flickering. You know, it's funny, they, they're getting older. I was joking with their pastors and some of their people. They have a lot of gray hair. I fit in well. That's a lot of what we continue to pray for at Crossbridge. It's becoming more difficult for them as they are getting older to take care of the property and the buildings that God has blessed them with, that as they've worked so hard to create environment of love and reaching out in that community, it's gotten hard to take care of everything. And here's what I love is that a lot of times when churches get to this place, and maybe you've been a part of a church like this where it starts to, to get a little older and they're just not reaching the generations underneath them like they used to. It's happening in this area even right now that as churches get to that place, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll start to parcel off their land and sell a portion of it 
so that they could try to sustain the church a little longer, and they want to keep the church alive with no intention of ever changing anything, and they slowly give up the land that God has given them. And in this area, it just turns into more homes. And we lose a gospel presence instead of seeing something rebirthed and new. That's not what Southwood is doing. What they've done is they've prayed about finding a church who would come together with them and that would lead the way into a new season of reaching people for Jesus. They know that they have been faithful, that they have been willing, and they, they know that they've been a loving community. They know that they have buildings that used to be filled with kids, but they're just not anymore. And it, instead of accepting a slow death, they are praying about new life. They want to see the light get brighter. They want to see people reach for Jesus. At Crossbridge, we prayed so hard last year for clear vision. Where do you want us to go? We believe that God gave that to us, to be intentional about reaching out, to start looking for a building to reach out from. And, and I, I, I was so excited about the possibility of this one building that we were looking at, and that's a building we looked at after another one didn't work. And so it's like, okay, we know, God, you're, you're calling us to reach out differently here. And whether it was Gibbstown or somewhere else, we called you, you called us to give us your yes, and so we've given it to you. And now it looks like God has put something a little bit more exciting in front of us, a little bit more emotional, can recognize that, a lot more questions that would come along with it. It doesn't mean, and please hear me on this, that we're, we heard God wrong. I don't think we heard God wrong at all. I think we heard God say, it's time to look out and get out. And we said yes. Doesn't mean we're disobedient if we say not yet or on hold for Gibbstown. And we look at this potential merger with Southwood. I believe that we're being obedient to God's call to us. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be obedient to what God is calling us to do, to pursuing this right now. What it does is it opens up a lot of opportunities to reach people for Jesus that we would not have had. It might take us 10 to 15 years to get to a place like that. And so I just say it for what it is. It's the possibility of joining two families together as one, where Crossbridge gets the privilege of leading the way where they see the vision and the mission of who we are as a church. They see the values that make us up and say that is something we want to be a part of. That's something that makes sense. And, and now we're exploring things. So it really would look like Crossbridge adopting Southwood and saying, here we go. You're part of our family. And for Southwood to say, you are welcome onto our property into our home and into our history. I'm continually floored at what God does when we give him our yes. And we'll talk about it more at our annual meeting and um, it's, it's not necessarily in my notes, but I, I feel like it's important to share with you is that like, there is a coach who's helping us to do this well, to care for church and our people and our families well. And he's a good friend of mine and I said to him, what I don't understand is we gave God our yes, why would he throw something like this at us? Like, we, we were ready to go in a direction, and he laughed at me. <laughs> I said, thanks, man. And he just says, you know what? Don't be surprised. I see this happen all the time with the churches that I'm getting to coach. You give God a yes, and he moves in a different direction that you've never expected. 
just go with him. Just keep following Jesus. And so Crossbridge, this is what we're doing. We're following Jesus. I know there's probably a lot of questions that you have, um, and that's good because so do I. So do the elders. So does the board. So does the staff. That's a good thing. If there's a lot of emotions going on right now and you're feeling like, oh, what about... Sure, we're going to write all these things down. We're going to hear all the things because they're important. But we want to follow Jesus, amen? Following Jesus is never going to be easy. It's never going to be comfortable, and it's always going to call for sacrifice. And if this is a direction that you're like, ah, this is a sacrifice I'm not comfortable with, we're, we're going to make sacrifice no matter what direction God calls us to go. That's what following Jesus is all about, bottom line. It's not about our comfort. It's not about what we like. It is about sacrifice. And so if it's not this, it's something else. Wherever God takes us, he will call something from us. And the question is, no matter what it is, can we give it back to him to say, we trust you to go and we'll follow you? God did that with his son. And where Abraham was not supposed to sacrifice Isaac, God had a plan in mind. He had a plan in mind for us when he sent his son to be sacrificed for our sin, something that we could not pay, that separated us from him. And he said, I will give what's dear to me for you. And his sacrifice has brought us life. It's given us purpose, a reason to live, a reason to die for Jesus. When we celebrate communion together, we are celebrating the resurrected Jesus Christ, our King who sits at the right hand of the Father who is constantly calling us to follow Him and to give up what we want most for what He desires. And He blesses us all along the way and redeems every stumbling mistake that we make. Amen? This is what we celebrated in communion is that Christ sacrificed Himself for us and calls us to that same level of following him to serve and love others, anything for the kingdom. At Crossbridge, we celebrate communion every single week because we want to celebrate Jesus and keep him the center of all that we do. We believe his command, every time you gather, remember me, and so we do. And so if you are here and you're from a different church or tradition of following Jesus, but you have placed your faith in him, uh, we want to make sure that you know communion is for you too. Like we celebrate this together. If you are here today and you have not made a decision to follow Christ, uh, I would encourage you to hang back for this time and just you can sit and that's, no one's going to judge you for that. But in this time, I just want to spend a minute and ask God, Lord, is there anything that I need to sacrifice, whether it's my own pride my own arrogance, my own sense of fear or control that we need to lay before him to say, here's what I feel like might be getting in the way of me connecting with you. And just take some time to confess that before him before we approach the table. So, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? I thank you that you convict us, not to shame us, but to bring us freedom so that we would not carry the weight of guilt and shame. And so if there's something that we need to lay before you that we've been holding on to as an idol. Would you just reveal it so we can confess it to you? Mm -hmm.